Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay, but not just any bay. It's a Baywatch. Porque este es un podcast de Baywatch. De hecho, esto es Baywatch Rookie School. Un podcast donde dos hombres que nunca han visto Baywatch antes intentan ver Baywatch. Soy Michael Eisen. Soy Michael... Nope, that's not my name. Soy Morgan Thrapp. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Folks, I took an accidental four-hour nap and only recently woke up, so this is going to be a weird episode. Speaking of weird episodes, Morgan. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's true. We've got our first returning guest, and we are very excited to have her back on the podcast. Valerie, welcome back. Oh, my God. I didn't know I was the first returning guest. Wow. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Yeah, I didn't even realize until earlier today. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think we've actually technically had anyone on twice yet. No, I mean, we're early into season two. So, I mean, it's going to change. Uh, yeah. But yeah, well, you're our first you're our first two timer. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's it's been um, it was a treat last time. So I'm excited to be back. And this time you get to talk about an episode. Yeah, that I handpicked. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's not like you curated the episode. Like, I they wrote, wrote it 30 years ago. Before I was born, I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you were conceived, the idea that you had made up this episode years prior was just in your parents' mind. Yeah, I can't explain it, but I did write it. Yes. Well, you know what they say, though. Scratch that line. Not what I meant to say. <laughs> well... You may say that, but some people say that this episode, season two, episode eight, Thin or Die, was written by Douglas Schwartz and Deborah Bonin Schwartz. Ooh, it's Ooh. Gregory Bonin's uh, sister who married Douglas Schwartz and thus birthed Baywatch. And it's also directed by Douglas Schwartz. Ooh, and it was aired November 4th, 1991. So let's talk about some guest stars. So before we actually talk about guest stars, I do want to point out someone we have yet to talk about on this podcast who has been here the whole time. And that is Susan Glicksman, the showrunner of Baywatch. Now, do you know what a showrunner is? No. I I am familiar, but why don't you give us a little uh, description for any listeners who might not be? So a showrunner... Uh, is it's it's the term they they use in America to describe the leading producer on a series. Uh, it's also just called leading producer in in some countries. But she was the showrunner for all 242 episodes of Baywatch. She was also the casting director for 146 episodes of the show, from beginning of season two to season ten, episode two at which point Juliet Carlson took over. And from what I can tell, that's because Juliet actually lived in Hawaii, where the show was mm. taking place that time, while Susan lived in L.A. So much more convenient. But here are some other things she worked in casting for. Father Dowling Mysteries, a Chicago priest moonlights as a detective and is assisted by a lockpicking nun. Ooh. <laughs> 
fatal, <laughs> fatal error. A deadly, unidentifiable virus is causing a series of mysterious deaths in Seattle. Disease Ooh. specialist Samantha Carter must team up with Dr. Nick Baldwin to track down the lethal pathogen and stop its deadly path of destruction. They discover also that a computer virus has evolved into a deadly organic virus. <laughs> Timely. Category six. Oh. Day of Destruction. Three tornadoes converge to wreak havoc on Chicago and create the worst <laughs> superstorm in history, a Category 6 twister. Category oh 7, End of the World. <laughs> a deadly Category 7 storm wreaks havoc on the world. Meanwhile, kidnappers threaten to make matters even worse. Uh, she also hmm. did uh, casting direction on Mortal Kombat Conquest, the TV show of Mortal Kombat. The Disney movie Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, which makes this the <laughs> second episode in a row where we have discussed projects with Laura Vandervoot, uh, which is kind of a weird niche for us. And also yeah. One Tree Hill, which is just a normal show. Yeah. So she's done a huh. lot. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I do like the heightening of the stakes in Category 7 where it's like, eh, I think storms aren't big enough of a problem kidnappers sure yep. that's how we're gonna make this sequel more interesting i like the idea that there you have to keep on upping the ante because you're like we already said category six is the worst but we need a sequel category seven and at one point they they just have to keep on going up and up and up until there's no end to the categories it's a slippery slope yeah yeah so they next up started lower yeah right honestly they should have started a tropical storm <laughs> They should have started at Gentle Breeze. Ooh. Well, actually, that's just, um, what's that M. Night Shyamalan movie where the, the plants kill everybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I forget the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's it either starts with an H or an N, and I can't remember which one. <laughs> the, the Happening, right? The Happening, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like the trees are alive and they're they're waving and making people commit suicide. It's like the trees. Okay, <laughs> okay, Shyamalan. So next we have Patrice Leal who plays Brooke, a new lifeguard at Baywatch. Uh, her only credits though are five episodes of Baywatch and then a movie called Night Rhythms with David Carradine. Ooh, yeah. The old woman in this episode who is not named. But has a name in the credits, which is Tilly McCabe. Ooh, that's a great name. It's a great name. Is played by Fran Ryan, who did supporting acting roles for 60 years. Not wow. much of you've heard of. She never really got a main acting role. Her personal life is exceptionally crazy uh, because her first husband died in a plane crash while she was pregnant. She remarried two years later. And that same year, her new husband also died in a plane accident. Mm, sounds suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. It, other other crazy stuff happened to her, but like that alone is just wild. What are the odds? Next, we have Hank Stone, who plays Jake. Who is Jake? I think he's one of the bad guys. I don't really know. Oh, OK. They don't name these characters in the show. Yeah. Only in the credits. Uh and I only point him out because Susan Glixman would later cast him on Mortal Kombat Conquest. So, oh. yeah. Uh, of course, he was also on Falcon Crest because who wasn't? 
but he was also on the original series of The Flash from the 80s, which gives gives weight to our tie-ins. And then lastly, mm. we have the most famous person in this episode, Lisa Rinna. She is known for being on the soap opera Days of Our Lives and then the drama Melrose Place and then on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. However, I know her better for appearing as herself because she's done a lot of red carpet events, hosting the Emmy ones and such. She also hosts the there's like a comedy awards. She hosted a Ooh. bunch of Entertainment Tonight episodes. Honestly, her self credits are insanely impressive. She has far more credits as herself than she does in acting, which is a lot given the fact that she did Days of Our Lives, a soap opera. Unfortunately, this 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 continues our string of episodes with big guest stars recognized more in the present time for their plastic surgery than for their acting. Um, And Mm. uh, just like Nikki Cox, Lee Serena is more in the public eye for that. Gotcha. Yeah. But who did mm -hmm. did she play in this episode? Kelly. Oh, okay. The one who Mitch is horny for. And is horny for Yes. Yes. Uh, And with all that horniness out of the way, Morgan. Yeah. Time to start our episode. This was definitely a very horny episode for all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into it. Just like Mitch does when him, Harvey and another lifeguard uh, have just finished putting out a fire when they see a dog in the water and they go rescue it while Enya style flute music plays under the entire scene. (laughs) The music for this, I don't know if it was the same in the remaster, feels very, very off for this scene. I don't even remember. Valerie, do you remember? No, but there were some musical highlights in this episode. I actually was a fan of the the music in this episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a song, at least in my version, in the Garner uh, montage later that is just amazing. (laughs) Have you started getting... Because, okay, so... Last time we discussed that the episodes you were watching were just the remastered audio on top of the old 480p episodes. Uh, (laughs) And I don't know why anybody has like decided to make that. But I don't know. You might be getting the the old or the new music. It's very possible. Which we should fix because I want the experience. (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check around some of my very legal sources and find uh, find some OG copies if I can. Daily Motion is legal. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it actually yeah. is. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, next up, we go to a scene where Shawnee and Eddie are taking a relationship quiz and it's making them fight because Shawnee has realized that the only thing they have in common is being really hot. And so she proposes that they take a break and Eddie is sad. So so in this, Eddie says that they always do what Shawnee wants to do for dates, which contradicts the fact that there was an entire episode last season about how Eddie took Shawnee on a date to a casino boat. <laughs> yeah, Eddie uh, doesn't always strike me as, say, the most emotionally uh, smart and it definitely feels like one of those things where 
like twice they did something she wanted and he's like we never do what i want to do it all happens off screen i don't know i i thought shawnee was being really unreasonable uh and i don't know like she was putting a lot of weight on this survey in a magazine yeah and i don't know she's being a little unreasonable I feel like both of them were being pretty shitty in Mm -hmm. this scene. I think they just wanted to have an argument about something. Probably. Yes. (laughs) I mean, who really puts that much weight behind, like, a Cosmo magazine quiz? Like, they're the kind of people who who say things just, like, wild off-base claims about sex and relationships. Like, oh, you know, if your very normal monogamous relationship is having problems, you should just, I don't know, fuck somebody's dad. There you go. That will solve everything. It's like, no, Cosmo, don't do that. Yeah, there. I do remember when it was a whole big fad on the internet to find all the terrible Cosmo sex tips that they've given out over the years. And just, I wish I could remember any of them, but they are, they are haunting. What a job. Well, l- luckily we don't need to worry about that because we had the love sink. Oh, yeah. And it tells you when you're in the love sink zone. And when you're in the love sink zone, you don't need a quiz. Your body is the quiz. And you just need to figure out where you two score. Am I right? Okay, moving on. Never going to mention that again. I doubt that very much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Next up, Mitch has a really cute scene with the dog whose name is Sandy, as we'll later learn. Or is it? It's Henry. It's not actually that dramatic, but they try and make it somewhat dramatic during the episode. Is it just me, or is or is David Hasselhoff's acting really bad in this episode? It's, it's so really bad. forced, especially around anything around the dog. It's just so fake to me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so bad, but it's like corny. It's it's really it's corny, corny and hammy. Yeah. I love it. When he uh, when the dog bites his jeans and he's like, well, looks like the dog's taking me home. It's like, oh. <laughs> take your mutt with you. I have a very specific line of his written down later where he's interacting with the dog because it is, like you said, just so weird and forced. I might have the same line. So I'm I'm excited to find out when we get there. I think I know what line you're talking about. <laughs> Next up, we go back to Eddie on his houseboat, and he's calling into an answering service, which is still a concept that I find very amusing. Like, I understand why it's a thing, but it's just, you know, as someone who grew up long past any of this being relevant, it's very funny to me. I I remember these, but even though I remember these, it took me a whole rewatch for me to realize it wasn't a sex hotline. Yes. <laughs> okay, so when I was working at Nordstrom back in the day, I remember that whenever you'd call an operator, they would answer the phone exactly the way that Nicole was answering the phone. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing to me. I thought, and they were older women, like, you know, gray hair, and their mm-hmm. voices were just, hi. This is Nordstrom. What department can I connect you with today? It was just mm-hmm. like beautiful and I really admired them. And that's what I thought of when I when I heard Nicole's voice. Yeah. I love it. It's soothing. It really is. She's got a nice voice. It's very soothing. 
but it's also uh if you miss the words answer mate uh it sounds very much like you called in to a sex hotline and uh, that's what I originally mentioned it was to Morgan and I was like oh boy I played a bunch of Yakuza 0 and there's a whole side plot where you have to work for like a sex hotline and I'm ready I'm prepared and then the second watch through I was like well fuck I misinterpreted everything <laughs> I think it partially reads that way to me or because of just the context of this episode already starting to be really horny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that's where I assumed it was going. There's supposed to be a beautiful sunset tonight. <laughs> Mitch. I, that's, and that's the part where I was like, something seems off here where he's like, how many messages are, are, are what, what any messages? And she's like, yeah, Mitch called. I was like, wait, is his kink Mitch assigning him towers? <laughs> like that seems really odd. Ooh, tower 18, Eddie. Is that the <laughs> one you want? He's like, oh yeah, that gets me hard. Uh, like <laughs> what? <laughs> he doesn't say notice, that. <laughs> did you notice that Eddie behind his head had, there was a box of Captain Crunch on the fridge, Quaker oatmeal, Coke, and then something called and I don't remember this. Maybe you guys do. Success rice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, I'm looking this up. Me too. No, I did not notice this. Success rice. What? Is it like, oh. is it like minute rice, maybe? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's oh, actually okay. 10 minute rice. Yeah. Oh, it's ah. just the brand is success. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here, wait. Let me let me put a picture. They just seemed like not things that really fit lifeguards would eat for lunch. Maybe the oatmeal, but yeah, I love the Captain Crunch. I wonder who the Captain Crunch belonged to. Probably Thorpe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just ten minute rice. Oh, okay. Thorpe probably calls himself Captain Crunch. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think he calls himself Success Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, after uh, after Eddie's done with his answering service, he goes to the gym and is really mad that someone is standing next to Shawnee. Um, so he goes out to confront them, but then Mitch shows up and gives Eddie the dog. And then Derek and Shawnee come over and are slightly flirty. And Eddie is like, that's it. I'm going to ask out the woman on the answering service line. Um And then the one laugh of this entire episode happens, which is that Mitch comes over and sees the dog sitting nicely and asks Eddie, like, how did you do that? And Eddie's like, you just got to show the dog who's in charge. And Mitch is like, all right, come on, dog. And the dog walks in exactly the opposite direction at the same (laughs) time. And it was very funny. So my one note for this scene is that IMDB says that Derek is played by a man named Bruce A. Young. Now, if you were to look up Bruce A. Young, you would find a ripped black man with short hair and a goatee, uh, who is mm. not the Derek in this episode. Uh, <laughs> no. There are six Derek, or there are six Bruce Youngs <laughs> on IMDb, and I think they just said, fuck it, because he was the only one with a picture. Oh. I do like the idea of there just only being six Dereks, though. <laughs> That's the Derek quotient. Of course. One of the, After that, there can be no more Dereks. One of them is the Derek from The Good Place, mm-hmm. which is just Jason Manzukas is a Derek for all intents and purposes. God, yeah. 
What a funny man. I love Jason Manzoukas so much. Next up, uh, Eddie is at his tower handing out flyers for the lost dog. And Shawnee's at the next tower over with Derek. And Eddie calls over to Shawnee on the phone and is like, Hey, I'm not going to be home tonight because I've got plans, but I'm not going to tell you who it's with. And Shawnee is like, that's dumb. And (laughs) I agree. (laughs) And then Eddie hangs up the phone, super proud of himself, and then picks up the binoculars with a smirk on his face and (laughs) tries to go see what her face looks like. I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not mad about anything. No, sir. And then Nicole from the answering service shows up and she's overweight. And Eddie is very noticeably distressed about this. Mm -hmm. And this is where the episode begins to go downhill. Um, And then Eddie, because he doesn't want to be seen with her in public, suggests they go to a restaurant instead of the picnic that Nicole brought and is just generally kind of a dick to her. So my comment about this scene is that the scene is not good. However, however, I'm going to get them a credit, a single credit for not doing what everyone else in the 90s would have done with this scene. Because everyone else in the 90s would have tried to get out of just being around her. Because I've seen that in 90s television shows. Instead, what they do is just like, oh, I'll still be around you, but I don't want anyone to see. So it's not good. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving them credit for being different. Bad different, but different. I'll still be around you, but I will be incredibly patronizing to you the entire episode. After that, uh, Mitch brings the dog home and Hobie's like, can't we keep this dog? But Mitch is like, it's already someone else's dog, and they're going to be missing this dog. And then the scene just kind of ends. This is when when Hobie dubs the dog as Sandy. Oh, yeah, that is this scene. And then he shakes sand all over the ground in Mitch's house, and he is nonplussed. (laughs) Eight two, Brutus? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. We've seen Mitch interact with dogs before, and he's never been this much of a dick to a dog. Like, it's such a weird character choice. Ah, but this dog is in itself a dick to him. (laughs) I have a theory that Mitch is is roid raging in this episode. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. That would explain a lot about this episode. (laughs) Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I accept this as canon. (laughs) Okay. I'm fine with this. Um... But now now that Sandy has his name, uh, we get to go see Eddie and Nicole at the restaurant. And Eddie is just being a dick and refusing to acknowledge her as a person. And Nicole points this out that he seems to be embarrassed by her and then apologizes for being fat and says that she should have told him. Okay, 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 okay. okay. (laughs) This is what I think. Yes. She didn't need to apologize for being overweight, but she did need to apologize for faking her voice because come on that's really weird like that's really faking weird, her right? voice right every I mean, time that's her real voice talk, i've no the voice that she was talking on on the phone on the on the hotline was completely different from her voice when they met in person she completely lost the whole like seductive like whisperiness and her voice was just normal why should she apologize for that though I, I, because, mm. <laughs> mm. 
because that's the only thing that Eddie had to go off of, and then she, it's it's like catfishing in the way that they meet up, and then she sounds like a completely different person. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why he wanted to go on a date. You know. Here's my here's my counter to that. My counter to that is: let's say I am talking to someone I've never met before, mm-hmm. right? And let's say it's a woman, and she has a really seductive voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing, personally, I'm not going to do is ask them out. Uh, <laughs> that's just Ooh. not the thing I'm going to do, which is what he did. A man who, uh, well, he, okay, so one, he asked out this woman basically on a date without telling his girlfriend. That's the first thing. Yeah. Which, secondly, he was just like, oh, man, this babe with this voice on my answering machine call, man, she definitely <laughs> let's let's go. Let's go. And uh, then she shows up and she's just herself a normal person. And she's like, you know, she doesn't say like her job is to put on the, you know, this voice. It's still hers. It's just a, but it's like a different voice. To talk to people. Yeah, but Eddie's like, you don't sound like your pick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes, basically. (laughs) Basically. Um, And so I guess in in regards to the voice, it would be in line with the same thing of him being shocked that she doesn't look like the fake person he imagined her to be. But like, she shouldn't need to apologize for for, it's. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be like, you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I don't (laughs) personally get it. (laughs) That's okay. No, maybe it's not an apology, but more like an acknowledgement. Like, hey, I know every time that we've talked, I sounded like a completely different person, but uh, that's fake. And this is my actual voice. That would have been really cool to me because it would have been telling Eddie, an immature little 21 year old, hey, you know, you you don't think you're gullible? You really fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so surprising that his revenge jealousy plan on the spur of the moment was maybe not the best idea he's ever had. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's never really had that many good ideas. But no, I think in line with kind of the theme of the episode so, okay, so I'm going to introduce an idea here that I mentioned to Morgan in the text, which was I don't. So I don't like a lot of parts of this episode. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's not always necessarily that I don't like her and her character. It's that I dislike the writers because the way the writers frame everything is to focus on her weight. And if mm-hmm. you took that out of it, you would have something drastically different where she is now putting aside the fact she apologizes for being overweight, which is blasted. Uh, taking their view out of it puts her in a place where she's just being body positive, which is yeah. great. However, they do body positivity with the, oh, look, look at her weight, look at her weight. And with that in mind, they wouldn't be able to focus on like her changing her voice or talking seductively. They wouldn't acknowledge it because it doesn't fit with the theme of them wanting to focus on her weight. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not 
It's not good. I specifically, God, the the last scene she's in between her and Shawnee, especially, oh. just, we'll get to it, but boy, did I hate that scene. Um, Can we talk about yeah, what this, she's wearing? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, they didn't do her any favors with this outfit. Like, they purposely chose, like, a really wild outfit for her, which I didn't think they needed to do. Um no. Uh, like she was wearing a, her outfit was very juvenile. Um, she was wearing like a giant, like metallic blue floral bucket hat with like the top, like the bill pinned up. Uh, she was wearing giant red rhinestone earrings, a teal undershirt, and then like a floral pinafore dress. Yeah. It was a lot. And she had purple eyeshadow on. Like, like they were trying to make her look, like, very eccentric, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they were also trying to be like, God forbid we could make this just real human being also look attractive in clothing. Because you could. mm -hmm. You could absolutely put clothing on this actor that makes them look really good and flattering but they were like, mm-hmm. mm, we want you to focus on on our weight and how othered she is. So we're going to give you unflattering clothing, which yeah, they, I hated that. Frankly, they also do to Eddie in the fucking restaurant where he's wearing like a purple paisley <laughs> vest, which is like, yeah. the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, boy, that vest was something. I want it. I actually do. Yeah. want. It. I want to wear that out to events just to be a conversation <laughs> starter. But. Only once and then burn, <laughs> just burn in a fire. But yeah, Valerie, it's uh, I don't like that outfit. Yeah, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to sweet Nicole. And and let's just say Nicole is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she I think she's a little naive, but she's very sure. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I liked her as a character. Yeah. I wasn't able to find her credited in anything else. She's not. I looked. Yep. I looked for a while, which makes well, me wonder, like, did they only hire her because of her weight? Um, yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah. And that kind of bummed me out because I, I looked for a while. I was like, and uh, Michael suggested maybe she was in commercials. I couldn't find yep. anything. Yeah. Wow. Because normally commercials aren't like credited. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you pay, you get your, you know. You, you don't have a credit for it. There's no credits. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Maybe you'd put well, on a resume. If it's true, it really does break my heart for the actress because that's shitty. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yep. Yeah. Hollywood, uh, notoriously good at casting both women and people who are even slightly overweight. Definitely no problems with Yay. either of those groups of people in Hollywood. So, so uh, something else I want to mention about this scene is... Like a lot of scenes in Baywatch that are problematic, they somehow are sinusoidal in terms of, like, the quality of the scene. So, yeah, it sucks that she apologizes for being overweight. It's fucking horrible. And then Eddie kind of immediately sort of picks up on this and is like, no, no, you know what? Fine. We're going to eat here. We're going to have fun. And it's like, mm-hmm. OK, cool. Maybe Eddie is is learning from this. Maybe Eddie will be getting better. And it's like they do that a lot with Eddie, where he gets really shitty in a scene and he gets better. Uh, and 
there's that small glimmer of hope where you're like, okay, Eddie, you're just learning to like appreciate this person and acknowledge the fact that they're like a good person who will be your friend. Because remember, you're in a relationship, a monogamous one. So like, uh, it's just your friend. It's just your friend. And uh, remains to be seen if it stays that way. Yeah. 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 And then Eddie's like, you didn't embarrass me. I embarrassed me. And I was like, fucking yeah, Eddie, you were a piece of shit. And you still are a piece <laughs> yeah. of shit. But, but at least he, he kind of understood. And then his attitude really changed toward Nicole. I think he realized he was being horrible. Which is yeah. really weird. Because, like, you know, Eddie, the guy who definitely is not horrible to people. Like, the homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really wish any of the like improvements he makes as a character in any given episode would carry over to future episodes. No, instead of him just constantly being reset to being a shithead. No, Um, but that would require that Baywatch be a better show than it is. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, once we get done with the restaurant, uh, we go to Mitch's place where he's doing some cooking as well. Um, and he's real mad that the news on the TV only talks about how the L.A. fire department put out the fire on the yacht, not him and the rest of the lifeguards. Um, Hobie comes in with Sandy and Sandy jumps on Mitch and Mitch is real mad at this dog and puts the stake down and goes to tell Hobie to go out to his friend's house and he's going to spend the night with Timmy, I think. Um, And then the fire alarm goes off because the running plot thread for season two is that Mitch burns food a lot. He is angry in the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) He lets out this amazing line where he just goes, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> when he when his steak is burning. Oh, fighter of the night, man. What I really love about Mitch in this episode is every time he gets to the front door, whether he's about to let someone in or about to let someone out, he talks to himself and he's like when uh, I can't remember uh, who's the one who's he on a date with Kelly Kelly. Is she a lifeguard? No. Oh, for some reason I thought she was. Um, or at least she could be. Bit. I don't fucking know. Everybody's a lifeguard in this goddamn show. <laughs> We've never we? seen her before on the show, right? Yeah, and she never comes back. This is just oh, okay. like cool. <laughs> yeah, so this really is... gets there a little early. And uh, Mitch is standing at the door and he's like, oh, don't tell me. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> no. And he like shoes Hobie out of the house and he and Hobie's like, don't forget, Dad, I'm sleeping over at Timmy's tonight. And Mitch is like, yeah, I remember. It's like, God, what crawled up your butt today? Like he woke up on the wrong side of the dryer, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just so grumpy this entire episode. And it's one of those where, like, man, you're lucky that you're hot, huh? Like, I don't know. He wasn't hot in this episode. His personality ruined it for me. Yeah. And you know what else wasn't hot? The fact that even though he even though he put down the stake and then it burned, he had burn marks on his face. (laughs) 
He had these big black streaks on his face. And I was like, I didn't even notice that. Well, I mean, it's easier when you have HD remaster. Uh, Sure. uh, But he like opens the So Kelly shows up and he opens the door for Kelly and he does all these marks on his like lower chin and then they just disappear. Um, yeah. After he starts like wiping his face a bunch, and I was like, "Wait, is that like steak sauce? Like, what is? <laughs> did you do you like massage the steak with your hands, rub it on your face, just go? Oh yeah, give myself a good, uh, good steak beard. It's a little taste, you know, when they're making out with you. At one point, they could just gavel like a little lick. They're just be like <laughs> mm, steak." <laughs> Now, Mitch is, Mitch is on some next level shit where instead of using aftershave, he just uses steak sauce now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he More like the steak drippings. Oh, Can you rub that? juice that on your dumb. face. Cut it. <laughs> yeah, little did we know that Worcestershire is actually great for your follicles. Mmm. Mmm. Morgan, I can tell that this is making you feel something very deep, uh, and it's disgusted. Let's cut the steak talk. <laughs> Actually, I was just kind of curious the reaction would be if you rub steak sauce on your face. I'm not I'm not volunteering to try. I, I, I'm well, don't you have a friend who washes her hair with peanut butter? Let's just ask her to give it a try. So that's that's my friend's <laughs> sister, and yes. Uh, but I would try this. I would try this. I'll gladly try this. I will gladly show up. Why? Because it will take me five seconds and I can wash it off afterwards. I don't if know. My reason for doing everything was it'll only take me five seconds. That it, it will. And it's like it's an it's a social experiment. And you know me. I love mm. me some social experiments. Uh, oh, like, yeah. And it, it's way easier than sitting down to watch 12 episodes of The Circle. You just rub some <laughs> meat on your face. Done. That sounds like a like a clickbaity YouTube video. <laughs> I rubbed steak on my face gone wrong. I mean, that's a click. Social experiment. That's like a click <laughs> video where it's like I, I rub steak on my yeah. face and terraformed Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um. The other minor thing about this scene that really bugged me while we're talking about weird shot-to-shot inconsistencies is when the meat starts burning, the, all the burners are on, and it cuts over to Mitch fanning the window, and when it cuts back, all the burners are off, and it just really bugged me because this scene was so boring that these were the things that I was noticing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kelly shows up like we mentioned and is very charmed by Sandy the dog and Mitch is mad at the dog but then we cut away from the start of their date uh to go on a walk with Eddie and Nicole where Eddie tells Nicole don't worry it's okay that you're not attractive because you're overweight you're still a good person um you have a sexy laugh yeah you you made a joke once and everyone knows women aren't funny <laughs> right? Yeah. And he she mentions that she wants to lose weight and Eddie goes on this long monologue about how as soon as she does that she's really just going to be so much better as a person and like I I fully support that this is what you should be doing person I just met 3 hours ago. No, 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 no. He's known her over time, you know. He's clearly over time been like, "Hey, answering machine woman." I think mm-hmm. you should lose weight based on the sound of your voice. 
Yeah. He says it's a lot easier to fix the outside than the inside. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> like it's really not like fixing yourself yeah. on the inside was is is it's not fucking easy but it's way easier like oh my god you can have just like three good breakthroughs and you're like better about something and you can't do like three exercises and you're better like you look fitter like what the fuck yeah. is he talking about that would be nice though and he says you can You don't have to like every day be like I got to work out my I got I got to work out my inner child or something. It's like no, like you could just do that like <laughs> twice and you're like good. I never have to use this shitty inner child phrase again, which is been disproven as a psychological term. Um but yeah, it's it's bullshit. Yeah. And he goes, "You can do it, Nicole, but only for yourself." You mm-hmm. only lose it for you. <laughs> Great advice, Eddie. Yeah. God. I'm so glad we're not in the 90s anymore. <laughs> <laughs> on one hand, yes. On the other hand, I wish it was the 90s still. I mean, from an aesthetics perspective, yes. From an aesthetics perspective, maybe some of the some of the music, uh, some of the some of some of the TV shows I really enjoyed, but those are like the animated ones, you know, the critic, the Simpsons, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Freakazoid, man. Yes. World was so much better with Freakazoid. Uh, um, that's probably it. <laughs> I mean, Clinton sucked. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, those couple of shows feel worth throwing away decades of progress for. So let's get into the most infuriating possibly scene of the episode, though, mm-hmm. uh, where Mitch is an asshole to the dog. Yes. This yeah. was really upsetting. Like, what? Wow. Like, it's so weird because you always get this, like, get this vibe from, I hate that word. Uh, <laughs> get this mood vibe. from. Uh, mood isn't much better. Oh, God. This mood. <laughs> um, this aesthetic. Mitch- <laughs> the aesthetic of Mitch. No, <laughs> he's oh, just geez. usually so like friendly, and this is so off-brand for him. He's just a total dick to the dog. Like, shut up! Yeah. Like, you're so annoying. Like, not giving it attention. And then his date is like, um, your the dog sounds like it's in distress. Like, can we just like, is it hungry? Can yeah. we hang out with it? And he's like, no. <laughs> It's very weird. It's so weird. I know. My main note for this scene is just let the dog wingman you. Like, clearly that's going to go better for you than locking the dog up and listening to it bark and screaming at it. Like, yeah. What the fuck? You know what is the sexiest? When a man just, like, yells at animals. God, I love that. (laughs) There's there's only one time in which it's okay to yell at an animal. And that's to get a parrot to yell back at you. (laughs) (laughs) Only time. I loved it when Mitch said, uh, when Kelly was like, you should let him out of the laundry room. And Mitch is like, the laundry room is his favorite room. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's such a dick to this dog the entire episode, and I I just don't get it. I get I get why he is, but it's really bad. 
And the reason why, yeah. because he's just really horny. <laughs> yeah. He just, he's so like, agitated. Like, look, they, let's, let's be real here. They both want to fuck each other's brains out. Oh, yeah. But she's at least like, another time when you're not being a dick to this animal. And he's like, but yeah. I want it now. <laughs> Give me. It really is. This scene is the um, the honk if you're horny sketch from oh I Think You Should Leave. That's so yeah. funny. It's the first time that's come up in conversation today. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And can, can we talk about the kiss? The kiss was gross, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, he was like eating her face. He was like, nom, 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 nom. Like, ew. <laughs> the way he like followed her partially out the door with his like hands and mouth outstretched as towards her back was just like, ugh, it was so creepy. I have maybe the worst note I've ever written in an episode note yet. Oh, boy. Uh, Which I am, I'm telling you ahead of time, this is an internet joke. So do not worry, which is just saying, Mitch shouts, give me the cummies, Uh, (sighs) which is, (laughs) I told you it's bad, but it's also an internet joke. It's true. Uh, this it's it's so bad. This scene is just disgusting. It actually harmed my libido. <laughs> <laughs> this scene does have my favorite Mitch line from the episode, though, which is at the very end when Kelly has left because, uh, as she says, Sandy clearly needs you more than I do. Um, Mitch turns to the dog and goes, thanks a lot. Dog, and then the scene ends. I know he goes and thanks a lot, dog. Alpo breath. That's yes. I just have Alpo pulled pulled up on my screen. (laughs) Yes, I had to Google it. I had never heard of it before. Is this like a? Can you still buy them? Is this? Is this a nineties thing? No, I I think you can buy Alpo. Alpo breath. That was funny. (laughs) I would imagine you still can, given that they have uh, a website. so you're in a doc. Oh my god. Okay, wait. So you need to see. You need to see uh, I guess picture. since they have a website, idiot. Please, like, please click on this and just look at the picture of this dog. It is very funny to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shit. How do I? That dog is given oh. some serious side eye. <laughs> oh my god, that dog. <laughs> it's right? a cute dog, but it's also very funny to me. Yeah, I also it love looks like dog he has treats. Breath. <laughs> I love Look at the, the dog treats that are shaped like little steaks. Yeah, I love those. I want <laughs> one. <laughs> I love. Them. Uh, on the other hand, I look at this wet dog food here, and I think, I wonder if Jamie would like this with milk, because <laughs> it looks like cereal to me. Don't upset her. <laughs> I do like the slogan slightly further down on this page. Where in just big, bold text, it says, now, even gravier. (laughs) That should never be said. I often wish that my life was more gravier. (laughs) Oh, no. No, 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 no. I refuse. I'm okay with putting steak meat on my face as aftershave, but somehow Mm -hmm. not with making my my mouth, my life, my life gravier. (laughs) I just... Gravy, gravy is the best condiment, and I do want more gravy in my life. Mm, I would disagree. Um, it's not the best condiment. 
Mm, it definitely is. No. Yeah, after all, it's the only condiment that is gravier. Well, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, I still disagree with you, but now I agree with you. All right. That's about the best I can hope for, so I'll take it. The garlic sauce is better. I'm just saying that. Garlic Ooh. sauce is way better. That's, yeah, you might not be wrong. So Mitch was being a major creep in that scene. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my favorite is later when he can't get to sleep because the dog won't stop barking. And he goes in and he's like, I gave you, I gave you food. I gave you oatmeal raisin cookies. You haven't even touched that. And I'm like, aren't those poisoned at <laughs> all? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> can't they not have raisins? And then he also says, I should have let you drown. Which I'm I know. Like, my, Ouch. my favorite part about the way he says this. I actually wrote this line out is what is it? What do you want? What is the story? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's this is full ham from David Hasselhoff. Mm -hmm. Like if there is an award for ham acting, he would have won it in 1991. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is some real river of ham. It's it's so good. Yes, (laughs) it does definitely make me wonder what he was like as a father. Uh, if this level of one night of some barking has him this pissed off, like, I can't imagine he was very good when Hobie was a toddler. Uh, like, he, had, he had Gail do all of it. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> he was on the beach yeah. listening to the screeching of the waves instead of the screeching of the <laughs> child, you know? He's a baby yeah. shaker for sure. <laughs> Monty Markham just telling him, Mitch... You don't need to listen to that kid. The the beach is your wife and children. There's every speck of dust is one of your children here on this beach. <laughs> you know, some 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 weird crap like that. While Monty Markham is like, why am I divorced? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't think he's divorced. I think they got back together. Right. After, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he was going to get divorced, but then he bought a Miata and now he's not. <laughs> he put on his disco duds <laughs> and disco duds solve everything. Mm-hmm. God, such an iconic line. It is. But then Mitch gets comically trapped inside the laundry room. <laughs> oh, uh, this scene alone bumps up the episode a point in my reading. Yeah, it was very good. It felt very like Benny Hill to me. Yes, it reminded me of in Final Destination where the girl gets trapped in the uh, suntan bed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it reminded me of. You brought up a horror movie to remind you of this scene (laughs) where Mitch shouts, what is the story? (laughs) When he gets trapped in the laundry room, because the isn't it like a broom that... It's a surfboard that falls over. Oh, classic. Well, regardless, how scary. Can you imagine just like the he was already pretty irate. Can you imagine there's probably like nail scratches on the inside of the door from Mitch? Like there's probably like nine other dog food brands that he's like called this dog that he did not hear. (laughs) Yeah, I do wish we had gotten um some sort of scene of him just like, you know, carving lines into the walls with his fingernails, marking <laughs> off the hours. <laughs> it's just it's like, like, I know it. Never mind. I, have, I don't have a joke. 
All right. <laughs> I did think it was very cute how Sandy the dog immediately runs up to Mitch's bed and tucks himself in. It was very cute. Um, they got some kind of circus dog or something. This dog has oh, yeah. tricks. Oh, absolutely. Is this dog credited in anything else? <laughs> no. I, That's a good question. I don't uh, think this was back in a time where they would credit the animals. You know, uh, this is also like, as we've mentioned before, the time period where they didn't say no animals were harmed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't look into the backstory of Milo notice then. Yeah, no, don't. Oh, it's so hard. I know. I do, I do not so know. And I'm not going don't to Google learn. it. Don't ever. Yes. Go- no, just don't Google it. OK, agreed. OK, well, <laughs> sorry, I just broke all of your fans hearts. We have no fans to break the hearts of. That is true. <laughs> whenever I'm watching a, an old movie with my roommate, she out of the blue, whenever there's like an animal on the screen, she'll be like, like, that horse is dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it cracks me up. <laughs> Everything <dog> dies. <laughs> it's true. I mean, not everything. Well, not not thought. <laughs> I, what do you want me to answer? I, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Moving on to the sexy montage. No, before the montage, oh. before the montage, Hobie comes oh, home shit. and everything looks like an absolute wreck. There's things everywhere. And he finds Sandy in Mitch's bed. And then Sandy mm-hmm. leads Hobie to Mitch. Uh, and... Uh, then we get him on. You have some explaining to do, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we get a montage. Morgan. Yeah. Tell okay. us about first, Morgan. Wow. Tell us about your montage, and then we'll see if it's the same as our montage. <laughs> so this this one I don't remember the song from at all, but it's basically just like contrasting shots of Nicole on the beach, and then like just boobs yeah like just like we're not even bothering to show the woman's face it's just like down her bathing suit or just a shot of her ass and then we cut back to nicole um and then eddie shows up and says hi and but we don't actually get to hear it because it's covered up with music um and then nicole is taking diet pills is your music oh is it fen fen not really. Okay, then maybe you got a different song because we got an original. Oh, we got a good song. We got a good one. Ooh. Um, Did you transcribe any of the lyrics, Michael? I wish I had. I transcribed the lyrics to every song. Don't worry. Uh, oh, thank God. This is You Got <laughs> Me by Sarah Thiel. Who is Sarah Thiel? Well, she does country pop music. And she wrote right. music for One Tree Hill, bringing that up again. Um oh. Which is really weird uh, that that all of a sudden came up a bunch when I was doing research for this, because I was also like right before I was do I was researching the episode. I, for some reason, was like, let me go re go through like the Wikipedia of Sophia Bush. And then because she's famous from One Tree Hill. And then I was like, why is all of this coming up right now? Why Baywatch? Uh, But for me on this montage, I hated it personally. Uh, yeah, I think the music itself for me is a C plus. Uh, it's better for me than most country pop music. And I've stated it before on this show. I fucking hate country pop music. 
but the montage itself is an is an f. Sorry, what? (laughs) Hick pop. Hick pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Uh, The montage itself is an f, but. I loved it. I loved all the. I liked all those swimsuits. They were cute. It made me want to go vintage swimsuit shopping on Poshmark. They're very cute. <laughs> uh, that's the only compliment I will give it. Uh, yeah, it was pretty questionable, actually. Valerie, <laughs> no. Can I take that back? I don't. I didn't like it. I just liked the costuming. <laughs> Valerie, I do don't have lyrics here, and oh, I would like you to would read. Would you like them. me to read some? I would like you to read all oh, of it. Good. I have it line oh. by line here. All summer long, you've been running through my mind. Come and find me in my dreams. No, I don't lay awake at night. You don't realize how much a moment means to me. Your hand touching mine, it's like colliding galaxies. When I think about you, it makes me smile. I think I'm going to stay here for a while. Because when I think about you, it's destiny. You've got the magic. I want to believe. I've falling. I've falling. I've falling. This is direct from Amazon. They say I've falling in their subtitles. Huh. Just to reiterate, I've falling. I've falling. I've falling. Falling. I want to see you pregnant. Pregante. How is Bappy formed? Pregante. Pregante. I can see. I can feel. You got. You got me here with my eyes closed. I can see. I can feel. You got. You got me. Why are her eyes closed? She's gonna run into something. <laughs> I gotta say, I think this might be some of the better original lyrics we've had on the show, or maybe my bar is just really low because I only recently edited the episode where we had multiple songs about definitely not hooking up with your brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. and so my bar is pretty low. Well, we the episode with the Latin gangs, that one, mm-hmm. the first oh, song in there is not bad. Uh, I actually yeah. like that one. This is better. However, the thing it made me think of is, I think, have either of you seen the show Review? No. No. So one... Absolutely, you should watch the show review, especially if you like uh, the work of Tim Robinson. And if you like Nathan Fielder, you would love review Uh, there. So the point of review is the main guy reviews life. He reviews things that people ask him to review. And so there's one episode where he's like, "Okay, let's see what our next viewer review is. And someone just says, they're all is aching. And he's like. Well, I guess I'm going to review. They're always aching. And he just tries to figure out what that means. And he ends up like being like, I should go to like a a hospital, like a mental hospital. And I should just go here and have them give me pills and then see if my body starts aching. Uh, And it just goes through this whole thing. And eventually he comes out and he's like, I get that one star. And they're like, oh, uh. We actually had a mistake. Um, it wasn't they're always aching. Uh, it was that the question was submitted by the real Lisa Ching. Uh, she actually asked, oh, how are bubble baths? <laughs> <laughs> it's very stupid and very, very funny. <laughs> but that's what I'm falling. I'm falling just makes me think. <laughs> it's a very this this song is. Uh, uh. But and so yeah. you you see Nicole popping a uh, weight loss pill, and I want I bet it's Fen Fen because it, the timing lines up. 
I don't, I, I don't know anything about diet pills, so I believe you. Oh my god, so every, I'm putting it in the chat. Oh, I don't have permission to send messages in this channel. That's rude. What? okay so this was a weight loss pill that was popular in the 80s and 90s that they got sued and it was taken off the market because it was giving people like people were having heart attacks like it was like i I could be wrong it's like a it it was kind of like an amphetamine i think i i could be wrong sure but it made people really crazy and uh it killed people so you can't buy it anymore but um but i think (laughs) that's probably what she was taking i bet probably um but yeah amphetamine would make sense like you know it definitely suppresses appetite i could be wrong yeah, but, um, oh my god, that made me so sad that she was like, I starved myself today and I ate nothing but this diet pill. Yeah. In the sun. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been dangerous, dog. Oh yeah, no, it's real bad. This whole, s- sorry, so this whole scene mm-hmm. was maybe the hardest scene for me to watch. Uh, because it's it's so bad. Yeah. With, so... As we mentioned, she takes a diet pill and then she's like, I should go into the water. And then the waves crash over her. So Eddie Ed rushes in to save her. And then she gets out of the water. And some dude in the background just starts shouting, Oh, look, they saved a beach whale. And then the comments stop for a while. And then someone shouts, Save the whale. And it's like, This is not necessary for your show. This is not necessary at all to do. We would have gotten the point without you telling people to shout beached whale and save the whale at this person. Yeah. Like, this is... Yeah. Point, I, like, I wanted Eddie or Shawnee to say something to the people. Like, yeah. he was just like, all right, show's over. Like, there was a whole crowd, but like, yeah. oh my God, like, they should have said something. At this point, it's not even about the character Nicole anymore. You're doing it at the actor. Yeah. And it's, uh-huh. it's just fucking mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, season two uh, might be bad. Um, controversial opinion. <laughs> yeah. Again, I keep saying this every episode. Everything I'm seeing, season three is better. And I hope so. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> but don't worry, we get a better montage <laughs> right after this one. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. Why? Why was this necessary? I have no idea. Oh, this was this was maybe one of my favorite moments of Baywatch ever. Yes, it's so this good. This is my favorite montage. Actually, I, I really love it. I'm excited to talk about it. But yeah. um, but the first thing. So so Mitch drives up. Uh, he meets Garner and he's like, you have to watch this dog. Uh, and he <laughs> said, um, Real justice would have been a trip to the pound and then dumps him on him in the <laughs> So that was uh, that was charming. Mm-hmm. What happened to Mitch? Why is he so full of hate? I know it's so weird and like out of character for him. We've never seen him act like this before. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, he's roid raging. <laughs> he's just he's just too horny this entire episode. He's in heat. <laughs> He's acting super, like, manic, like, really, like, all over the place and, like, alarming. As we in the biz say, you know, uh, when you when you when you have the clear, it does make you a little bit more angry. Or when you have, you know, the chew, actually not the chew, the chew is Viagra, but it's like, uh, 
Uh, it is? Yeah, the chew is, is shorthand for Viagra. Because oh. it's blue chew. You, you, that's what it is. It's blue chew. I'm not going to Google it on my brother-in-law's computer. <laughs> I'll take your word for just, it. just trust me. Take my word for it. Uh, All right. It's, it's blue chew. Look, I, 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 I know far too many things about over, like weird prescription drugs because of wrestling. That's all okay. I say. There's just 50 <laughs> billion names for roids. Uh, but also, I know that it does make you very angry. Roid mm-hmm. rage. It also can make you very horny. Um, mm-hmm. And it also does things to uh, to your genitals. And uh, that, yep. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> but you know what doesn't happen? No, no, that's not a good lead in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you're going with that, but I don't like it. So this montage um, <laughs> is a 10 out of 10. In fact, yes. it's so 10 out of 10 that they decide there doesn't even need to be lyrics because... This song is called Skip Run Run, and it's by Vasily. And Vasily just does instrumental music throughout this show. How is this different from the normal instrumental music they do on the show anyways? I don't know. I don't know why they're specifically like, and then Vasily came in, and he wrote a banger. But why didn't... It it, it doesn't make sense to me. But this is a great montage. I fucking love it. Remember the yeah. previous montage we had with a dog where the dog like covers its face in shame? We have one yeah. of those moments here where Sandy actively tries to hide from Garner in like the sand. In a, in a hole in the sand with a hat over him. So yeah, the, the basic premise of this montage is that Garner like puts Sandy's leash down for a second and Sandy bolts and it's a whole like Benny Hill montage of Garner chasing this dog across the beach while the dog gets into trouble doing things like digging a hole in the sand and covering himself with a woman's hat, uh, stealing a woman's top after she takes it off to not have like tan lines, mm, uh, mm, yeah, stealing that blankets. That um, I'm okay with. But underneath it all is just this like amazingly funky bass line. And it's so good. Um, yeah, this montage is incredible. I really loved the part where the dog took the uh, took the bikini top and then ran away with it. Oh, I was going to say, it just felt very, like, 80s to 90s sex comedy kind of thing. Like, I, I kind of love it. I loved Garner running around like crazy, and he looked so, like, fed up with the situation. It was hilarious. Yeah. He was he made the scene. He really did. Um, Yeah, no, I think overall this is one of the better montages we've had in the show. It's just so much fun. Um, Garner's giving it such like overacted, big comedic gestures, and it's actually pretty funny. Oh, yeah. The acting is ham all throughout this episode, and that's why I love the acting. Yeah. But yeah, the montage ends with Garner finally catching... Sandy and then immediately taking Sandy's leash off and saying, "Okay, you can go have some private time with that tree, but don't you try running away. Why would that Um, work? (laughs) I I had the same question. Um, But then we see two guys who look sketchy and are walking down the dock and see the dog and go, oh, shit, the dog's back. But this time he's got a cop with him. And it was like, I, it's such like movie villain logic of like, yeah, the dog went and got a cop. 
Like, okay. <laughs> I think actually what they were. So, okay. So first off, when we didn't reference before, they did show these people briefly on a TV. Really? Early. Yeah. So when Mitch was watching for the, I think it was when Mitch was watching about the, the, the firemen or something like that. Oh. They do show a TV at some point where they show them wanted with their wanted posters. Secondly, I missed that. Secondly, I don't think they're like, oh, it's the dog is back. I think they're just are like, oh, shit, it's a cop because the cop would have known about their wanted posters because they're out everywhere. And they're like, uh, oh, shit, there's a cop. Sure. I don't think they recognize the dog. The line they say is, oh, the dog's back and he brought a cop with him. Oh, is that what they say? OK, then never fucking mind. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a shame that these that these two men are criminals, too, because they're very uh, unique looking people. Like they yes. have like they have a look. And so they look like they're out of a mad magazine, you know, sketch. They're- they look like a, a caricature of a person and then they did <laughs> into a real person. Yeah, I do love Baywatch's villain casting. Like, whoever's in charge of that, they always find just, like, the absolute goofiest people to, like, dress up super scummy and look like amazing villains. That you can thank Susan Glicksman for that, who then went to cast one of these guys as a villain on Mortal Kombat Conquest. Oh, nice. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, But, yeah, the, the two of them run off and get on a boat and start sailing away. Um, and now, now we get the worst scene, um, which is that Shawnee and Nicole are back at Lifeguard HQ and Shawnee is taking care of Nicole and making sure she's okay. And the very first thing she asks is, so are you taking diet pills? And then Nicole very rightly is like, hey, stop fucking judging me all the time. Yes, I know these are dangerous, but like, hey, shit's hard. And I hate people like you because you were always so pretty. Um, But actually, I don't really hate you. I just hate myself. Um, And it felt so fucking stupid. So from the get go, Shawnee. Mm -hmm. uh, So Nicole immediately goes to I. She doesn't say this verbatim, but she says, like, I did this because people call me fat, which in the course of the episode happened after she did the thing. First off, Mm -hmm. two. I hate the fact that they had to have this character say, I did a thing because people call me fat. Because, again, showing that the writers only think she's worth being overweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like I could think of a million other things she could have said to, you know. Uh, so what happens is she, she you know, Shawnee asks, like, are you taking the diet pills? And she she says a snark answer. And then. Shawnee's like, this isn't funny. This is real. And she goes, well, you know what else is real? I'm overweight. And it's like, OK, yeah, like, yeah, we we, we get it. We know yeah. the writers have told us multiple times you don't need to have one of these moments where like the silent Shawnee is your therapist convincing you all of a sudden that you don't like yourself. Like mm-hmm. this was not necessary Shawnee is not necessary in this scene. Shawnee made it all about herself. Oh, yes. God. She was like, I get the troubles that you have when people call you like a beach whale because I was thin and beautiful and people wanted to fuck me. And they didn't want to fuck me for my personality. They only wanted to fuck me for my body. Do you know Uh, how hard it is to be this beautiful? I was so fucking pissed at Shawnee during that monologue. 
So not only is her whole monologue being attractive is just as hard as being not attractive because you have too much sex and date too many people. And sometimes some of them don't care about what's on the inside. Um, she then follows it up with saying, the only reason I'm happy now is because I'm dating Eddie, a thing that you tried to do and cannot do. So too bad, I guess. Also, you're not happy because you're literally earlier yeah. said you needed a break. So like, look, I get yeah. that this is supposed to be your point where you're like, you know what? I actually am happy. I should give up on all of that. You know, those problems that I have. No, like, stop. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> You're in a toxic relationship and you are 50 percent of that toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. This is bad. It's pretty rough. It's just very bad. I, I got to say, though, I, I did chuckle when when uh, Shawnee was like, yeah, Eddie's my best friend. And Nicole said, mine too and i'm like how well do you two know each other i know it's like look God. on all of those answering machine calls you know i just i just really became good friends with them like well what are we that what we're supposed to expect like yeah you talk to a ton of people otherwise it can't just be eddie also you've known eddie for a day uh and yeah. Eddie was embarrassed to be around you. So, I, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I'm embarrassed to be around both of you. <laughs> and I want you to know that as my friends, I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. of you. Oh, yeah. Well, just like Nicole says, uh, it's the most accepted I've ever felt, um, which boy just made me feel really fucking Ouch. sad for her. That, yeah, that was really that's a low bar. Yeah. That made me sad. I feel sorry for Nicole, and I feel bad for the actress, too. Yeah. Because I can't imagine that this was, like, an uplifting role for her to take. I bet it yeah. made me feel bad about it. Because, like, because even though the whole point of the episode was body positivity, they didn't do a very good job. No. No. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just kind of bummed me out. She sa yeah. She says, she says, I've never felt so much acceptance in my entire life. The episode after... The key plot point was that Eddie will not accept the homeless, mm -hmm. which is like, do you remember? Like, they don't because there were different writers and they shifted all this around. But to air them after each other is like you went from Eddie going, all homeless are drifters and they need to get mm -hmm. out of my city to, you know what? Maybe I do like one overweight person. Fucking Eddie. It's the worst. He's the absolute worst. Well, no, Harvey is the absolute worst. Yes. Har Har Harvey's way worse than Eddie because he has no up moments. It's all down. But Eddie is still the worst. Yeah, I mean, at least we don't get any Harvey in this episode, I suppose. Thank. Oh, my God. Wait, who's Harvey? Uh, he's a new character from this season who is just like the absolute worst of like being a shitty sexist like just catcalling women all the time. And one of his main character traits is that he really, and I mean, really wants to sleep with a steward. Yep. A stewardess. Sorry. Not like someone named Stuart. Just like, I really <laughs> want to fuck a Stuart. <laughs> okay. I do love that though. If they had introduced a character whose only motivation on the show was just like, I gotta fuck someone named Stuart. <laughs> like, just every episode, he goes up to Mitch and is like, Hey, uh, hey, Mitch, rescued anyone named Stuart recently? Stuart! Stuart. <laughs> just make it very Letterkenny. Yeah. It's a traditionally very sexy name. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he meets one person named Stewardess, and he's like, I don't know. I feel conflicted. It's not fully Stewart. It's like Stewart and extra. Am I ready for that extra? <laughs> it's a very, very deep podcast, y'all. Everyone knows you got to you got to move up the ranks. You got to start with a Stewart and then you can go to a stewardess. <laughs> That was funny, Morgan. Thank you. Um, But yeah, uh, next up, we have a scene where Garner and Mitch are in the Scarab, and they're going after the criminals in their boat. And lifeguard Jim Barnett, who we've mentioned a few times before. Oh, yeah. He's the guy driving it. He's a real-life lifeguard. And IRL on the down low, lifeguarding. And uh, he's just there to, you know, have an old haircut and drive things all the time. Yeah. But yeah, we get a we get a little boat chase scene where they're shooting at each other and Mitch jumps off the boat to get on the other boat. Of course he does. And then there's there's a little fight scene and then they defeat the criminals because this whole plot was introduced at like minute 35 and they needed to wrap it all up and it doesn't matter. And then they find out that actually the dog's owner is the owner of this boat. And then Sandy barks a bunch more and the owner of the boat is going to make Mitch some whiskey stew, <laughs> um, which I was it? very curious about. I'm not going to look it up. I need to know. I'm gonna look I did not, but I should have. I'm going to look it up right now. I mean, I got to imagine it's similar to like, like, it's not uncommon to put like a like Guinness or another stout in like a beef stew or something. So maybe it's just adding whiskey to that. But she didn't really give them a no. Like they, she couldn't take no for an answer to. She was like, no, you're coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mitch is like, ah, I think I'm going to go have dinner with the very attractive woman who wants to sleep with me. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're coming downstairs in my boat to have whiskey stew with my dog. <laughs> with um, this dog that you hate so much. Honestly, that sounds like the ideal Tinder date. If she knew how rude Mitch was to that dog, I bet she wouldn't be inviting him over for whiskey stew. Yeah, she's going right? to stick it to his ribs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a good joke. Don't worry. I'm here all week. I will say, honestly, though, like, maybe it's just because we've been in quarantine for 20,000 years. Um, but the prospect of, like, hanging out with an old boat captain eating whiskey stew with her and her dog, that sounds great. Like, I want that evening. Some of my favorite moments in life have been I had a chance to do one thing and my what I actually did was end up hanging out with an old woman. Uh my favorite moment is I, I don't have you heard the story before Morgan about when Joe and I went swing dancing? No, I don't think I have. Okay, this is a you don't know Joe Valerie, but um so uh it was in college and I was on a date and uh she she and I had some mutual friends and so we decided to go uh to a swing dancing class and mm-hmm. we go there that's a bold first date. It's not a, it wasn't a first date. It was like a second or third. Oh. You know, it's like third date. <laughs> uh, and we knew each other beforehand. So it was like, we already knew each other. We were friends. And so it's like 95 degrees out <laughs> in July. Ugh. It was mistake. <laughs> Absolute mistake. And there I am in a collared shirt. And I was like, I'm going to wear a tie. Uh, and no, it wasn't actually 
it wasn't July, but it was 90 degrees out and it was October. Because uh, I remember now because we went to go have pumpkin beers and Your story straight and we were eating fries <laughs> and both Joe and I had ties and we got grease from the fries on them. And she was like, <laughs> no, you guys are ruining your ties. And we're like, no, we're not. And we're just like scarfing down fries. But so you wipe your mouth off with your ties. No, I'm not. Well, yeah. You know, wipe some steak on your on your chin. Uh, and so we're there doing the class and the least fun part of the class. And Joe agreed with this was when either of us, when our partner was my date, because she was mm. like. She sort of knew what she was doing, but she like wasn't trying at all. And our favorite part was there was this woman who must have been like 75 or 80. And she would grab your hand and go, I just like to dance and I just like meeting new people. I'm really excited to get Aww. to know you. And we're like, oh, I love you. You're the best. And we would both yeah. be like laughing and she would like make a mistake. She'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's all me. And I'm like, no, 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 that was me. Like, please don't. Like, you're you're fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then afterwards, Joe and I were like, should we ask out the old lady? <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, it was way better. Like. Like would have been a way better date than my actual date was, which I mean, (laughs) didn't end up working out. We went on a few more dates after that, but like mm, probably should have asked out the old lady. (laughs) Maybe she would have made me whiskey stew. Is that like a thing? old People know how to make when you what age is it? Do you think that once you hit that age, (laughs) immediately God is just like, you know how to make whiskey stew now? Yeah. 67. Oh, yeah. that's a great age for whiskey stew. Yeah. I as soon as you as soon as you join the AARP, they mail you the recipe for whiskey stew. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the back of your medical card. It's a, it's a trade secret, you know? You're like, we can't let the young people know. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea. The Masons control access to the Knight Templar, and the AARP controls access to the whiskey stew. <laughs> <laughs> we should just make that a running joke on this podcast for like, <laughs> the thing we're always trying to reach is the whiskey stew like i mean that should be our next season 10 out of 10 this i mean this episode is called whiskey stew right mm-hmm. yeah i wish it was <laughs> it's about it's about a guy named Stuart who loves whiskey <laughs> and harvey is trying to fuck it stew with Stuart. <laughs> so, ultimately what let's Mm-hmm. Let's stew and eat stew with Stuart. Ooh. <laughs> so I would eat stew with Stuart Wellington. One, Stuart yes. Wellington is hot as fuck. Two, yes. Stuart Wellington is funny as fuck. Three, he's mm-hmm. a huge nerd and I would love to talk to him. Four, he owns a bar. Five, he's on my favorite podcast, The Flop House. Six, mm-hmm. like he's Stuart fucking Wellington. Like, holy shit. S- seventh, yeah. would Harvey fuck a whiskey stew? Man, almost certainly. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like there is not much he wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, OK, well, we'll have to see where Harvey goes and see if his ding dong knows any, knows any limits. <laughs> anyways, anyways, we've got one scene left, uh, which is that Shawnee shows up to Eddie's houseboat to apologize to him. Uh, she brought some Dodgers tickets that she got and 
she's going to skip the plans she made with her parents to hang out with Eddie. Do you? Um, sorry. Valerie, did you notice mm-hmm. Shawnee's jacket? No, I I can't believe I didn't. What was she wearing? It's this weird, like, green and yellow jacket. I kind of loved it. It's this green and yellow jacket. You'll have to look it up later. Um, I'll have to go back. It. I, I really liked it, but also... Uh, I am trash. So <laughs> Shawnee has actually Shawnee has really cool jackets. Yeah, she does. No, I I yeah. dig like ninety percent of everything Shawnee wears, and then there's like oh, a yeah. small ten percent where it's just like what? <laughs> like like the weird like window fog jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Boob fog. Yeah. So, what'd you guys think of this episode? Oh, 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 oh. <gasps> oh my god! Uh, they say that they should get to the Dodgers game a little late. Then Shawnee asks if he would oh. mind <laughs> if they left a little early, and Eddie is like, "What?" Which, why? honestly, I might actually have been too at first because I would probably yeah. be like, "Why would we?" Why would we leave a little early? Like we're watching the game, and then she says, "It's for the same reason they're gonna leave a little late." And Eddie says, "Oh, say good night, Gracie," which is his fish. I it took me a second because I thought she was saying that they should leave Eddie's houseboat early, and I was like, "Yeah, why are they gonna like go have sex in the car at the stadium? Like they've got a perfectly good bed here. No, like, no, they're gonna have sex on the outfield. Like it's like you know, angels in the outfield. This is sex in the outfield. <laughs> Just mid coitus, someone reaches up and grabs a ball and throws it back, and they're like, "It's legal." Mm. <laughs> Did anyone catch what Eddie said to his fish? Good night. Say good night, Gracie. Throughout this episode, he was talking to his fish, and it was actually very endearing. (laughs) Yeah, George and Gracie. Yeah, it's weird that Eddie in this one is the one who's nice to animals, and Mitch is like an absolute asshole to this dog the entire episode. We've seen Eddie be very respect for Mitch. Eddie has been very nice to a seal previously, so like that's true. I think Eddie. Okay, at the end of the day, I think Eddie has a good heart. Sometimes just he's a little naive and ignorant, but I think sometimes he learns, sometimes he doesn't. But Always. I don't think that he's a bad person. Like, I think he'd be a good dad. Mm. Like, he'd be a good fun dad. He'd be right? the kind of dad <laughs> who would cause his child to go to therapy. Oh, That's honest opinion. <laughs> I, do, I think I, Mitch would be. Mitch is, like, angry and yelling at animals. That's pretty Not funny. while his son was there, though. True, true. Only while women were there, so. <laughs> women don't go to therapy, which. It's true. Women don't need therapy. Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> oh, okay. Morgan and Valerie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As you know, we did change up our rating scale this season. Mm-hmm. Oh. For this season is a scale of one to ten, with one being ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off. And 10 is getting your boy toy, David Hasselhoff, to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Morgan, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate this episode? So I think my rating is partially influenced by the fact that season two has been so incredibly terrible. Mm -hmm. And so I think the fact that I didn't have to pause watching this episode at any point bumps it higher up in the rating than it might otherwise have been. Um, as well as the the Garner and Sandy montage 
is just so good. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give this a three. Um, and I'm going to say that a three is um, being on a date, but it just keeps getting interrupted by a dog and you're just too horny to figure out the best way to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, what about you? I'm going to say it's a six. It's christening a new restaurant that you told your date that you had already been to and that everything was good. But then you later revealed that you've actually never been there before. Uh, <laughs> it's the, yeah, a six. A six. Wow. Tell, tell us a little bit more. What did you like about this episode? Um, OK, I even though it wasn't perfect, I liked that they focused on body positivity in a show where the actresses are not allowed to gain weight and um, <laughs> everybody on the beach is always like has 2% body fat. I yeah. thought it was progressive for Baywatch uh, and especially for TV in the 90s. Um, I liked that they called attention to something that was a big problem in the 80s and 90s was diet pills. And uh, yeah, I, I, I got to say, though, Mitch really ruined a lot of it for me he was so horrible in this episode like totally not himself um we're i don't like animal haters so i don't know he brought it down if it wasn't for mitch it would have been an eight wow eight wow maybe i really just am beaten down by how terrible season two has been i don't think so (laughs) i just think we have different views on the episode could be what do you think michael uh uh, before we talked about this episode, my rating was a two. After talking about the episode, <laughs> I think it bumps up to a three. And um, that's harsh. Okay. I and the reason for this is it's not a one because a one is the previous. Though actually, the episode before this was like a straight zero. Uh, yeah, which isn't even on the scale. Can you remind me what the last episode was about? The last episode was about the homeless. Oh, yeah. OK. I, with the little girl. Oh, yeah. 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 And the episode before that was a one. And that was the one about Latin gangs. And yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was hard to watch. Right. Yeah. And this this isn't that it's not it's it's not. It's it. Its own existence is not offensive to me. Like, I don't feel like I want to stop watching this show and doing this podcast because of this episode, like I did in the other episodes. But I didn't necessarily like it. There were parts of it that I thought were like the Garner scene. Fan fucking fantastic. <laughs> that was amazing. 10 out of 10. Uh, but the, a lot of the body positivity reminded me of the way like people talked about this stuff in the 90s and how it really just Definitely. never got better. Um, like, in the way that, like, people's, people at least don't talk openly as much about how much, like, they have quote-unquote fat phobia, I guess is the term. But mm-hmm. it's f- prevalent in the exact same amount, basically. Uh, it just, it, it brings back a lot of, like, you know, bad memories of the 90s especially the way that people would talk about things like, oh, don't worry, you losing weight is going to be the best thing you've ever done, and I'm going to help you. And it's like, I didn't ask you to. Or a lot of the, like, fuck, like Celebrity Fit Club, a show Erica Leniak herself would go on to. (gasps) 
Oh my God, really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was she on that show? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Uh, a show where, you know, and I've, I've watched, I've watched, I think most of the seasons of that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like a lot of these shows make losing weight. What's the word? Um, when you make it like money, not commoditize. Is that the word? Monetize? They may, I guess they monetize. Yeah. They monetize. Sure. They monetize the the loss of weight, uh, something that's just like people trying to either like make themselves feel better or for their health. And in this episode, for your health, for your health, thank you, Doctor Steve Brule. Very one. So, in this episode, the way Eddie treats her is, oh, you're over. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure you have to be a good person. Like, cause you know, if you weren't a good, you person, get one or the other. You know what? What would be your worth in the first place? You, you, yeah. you, you, piece of shit, overweight piece of shit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even the fact that, and as I said before, it's not necessarily the fact that like Eddie himself is like that. Uh, it's that the writers are like that. If that makes a uh-huh. lot of sense. Uh, yeah, because the whole time they take all of the horny male gaze energy that they've had and (laughs) shift that to focusing on Nicole's weight. Mm -hmm. And I I hate it. I really hate it. So I I was not comfortable with a lot of this episode. I was not Mm -hmm. comfortable with the way they did it. I do like the fact that it is in quotes, 90s body positivity. Uh, It's like, oh, it's as good as they were able to muster with their little peanut sized brains that didn't understand psychological (laughs) trauma disorder. You know, it's like, oh, until and then, you know, eventually we moved out of the dinosaur phase. And now we're in 2021 where all of a sudden people are just like, I don't talk about how I hate overweight people. I just think Mm -hmm. it Uh, and then tell people Oh, maybe you should stop eating MSG. Also a racist thing, because MSG actually yeah. isn't bad for you. It was an anti-Chinese lobbyist mm-hmm. who made up the theory that MSG is bad for you because it was an yes. ingredient at a lot of the Chinese restaurants he was looking at. Um, mm-hmm. Point is, I I didn't really love this episode, but I didn't hate it as much as the other ones. So a yeah. three. Well, what is the th- I have a... Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, I have a theory and I could be wrong, but I wonder if they made this episode because they were getting backlash from people of only having super skinny people on the show. And they were like, no, we are body positive over here at Baywatch. We'll prove it to you. I kind of doubt that for a few reasons. Really? One is okay. that, uh, I mean, my assumption is all, all these episodes, uh, this is episode eight. So this was written, you know, before they, the season aired, probably. So in between season one and two was when they wrote this. So they would have had one season. If they did have complaints, they would have had one season of, you know, people making those complaints. Two, I don't actually think season one was as bad about it. I mean, they they do feature a lot of fit, skinny, attractive people, but they also just put a lot of normal people kind of in. Um, And also, like, this show was the 78th most viewed show out of like a 114 so like people weren't really watching this as much as they were watching everything else so they would have complained to everybody else like i don't think they would have complained about the baywatch show 
Also, Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a concern in 1991 that people were caring about body positivity. And if they did, they didn't take it seriously because the rest of the media at the time was going, ha ha, fat people, aren't they funny? Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think they would have even listened to it or cared about it if people contributed. That's my opinion. Okay. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, no, I mean, it's, it's a valid opinion. I'm just saying, like, based on what my assumptions are. I don't think they would have. No, you're probably totally right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just a dude who has know. a podcast about it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do I know? Um, I don't know. White men on podcasts historically have been the most reputable source and are <laughs> never wrong. Well, that's why I can pretend right now that I'm <laughs> that, you know, I'm not white, even though I'm I am. I could just I could be like, oh, but I'm Mediterranean is like, yeah, well, technically I am. But I am white. <laughs> like I'm white passing. I am spicy white. So it's like, you know, the, the spiciness does allow me to say a few things and get away with a few things and know some things. But like, I'm still white. Uh, the term spicy white is always very funny it's a, to me. It's a great term. I love it. I, I love using the term spicy white. And it does make, mm-hmm. it does feel to me, you know, in the same way that a lot of people are like, these pronouns feel right to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. spicy feels right for me to describe <laughs> what I am. It's spicy white. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think the idea of them like, People complaining about the body, po- about the about how skinny people were, would absolutely happen in a show like today, uh, because it's the whole point of Baywatch in the past was, or not in the past, but like Baywatch is to show like fit attractive people, and people will be like, uh, show something else. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't think they got that for the movie because the movie was just supposed to be here's hot people, here's like. Alexander Daddario, who's just like super fit and hot. And here's Zac Efron and The Rock. And, you know, here's just like super hot people. And that's the point. Like it's to the point of like uh, being uh, like exploitation almost. (laughs) So I I don't know. Hot hot exploitation. Yeah. Oh, my God. So hard out here for hot people. Like, look, they don't know what your personality is. And sometimes they just look at you and they're just like, I would sleep with you. And you're like, but I don't (laughs) want you to if you don't know my personality. And it's so hard out here. Uh, So anyways, a three. What is a three? Uh, uh, So recently... I watched an hour and a half video uh, about Sonic the Hedgehog. And <laughs> I know Morgan's already like, where the fuck are you going on this? Uh, <laughs> it was specifically about Sonic Adventure 2 and the Ooh. Chow Garden. Ooh. Okay. Do you remember this? Oh, very vividly. Okay. That was like one of my favorite video games as a kid. Okay. So the Chow Garden. It's an hour and a half video about the math that goes into the chow garden oh which is i'm actually very interested in this video i will show you it it's perfect fuck wild it's fucking <laughs> fuck wild this thing is has way more work in it than ever needed to be put into anything about in a sonic the hedgehog game raising little baby things like it's crazy some of the things you learn on it are just kind of like disappointing where it's like oh you can only do certain things uh but other things are great 
like uh, you can horribly uh, disfigure these chow and turn them into eldritch monsters. So put it, you can horribly disfigure these things. Uh, and when you horribly disfigure them, the one thing I think of when I look at them is I want to die. Please kill me. Please end this right now. And so a three is a chow, just a lovable little thing of pure goodness. Somehow wishing I want to die because you have fed it too many berries and had it play with too many tigers. Like this will make no sense to anybody who has never played Sonic Adventure 2. But to anybody who has, they know exactly what I mean when I say you gave them too many tigers and berries. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, so, yeah, with that. Wow. This was quite an episode. Um, but do we want to know what happens next episode? Please. Uh, is that a, like you actually do? Or I mean, you know, it's I'm hoping that it's better, at least. No, like it's, give me a little hope. It's not <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, we have to get through. remind me. I've seen it, but I can't remember what it is. We have to get through these next two episodes before we get into OK stuff. And these next two episodes, it's a two parter. Oh, it's called. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, that was annoying. Um, <laughs> is it? No, you're fine. Is it? Is it? Is it the two-parter that Eddie is like the star of? Unfortunately, yes. Oh no, this one is really problematic. Oh, yeah. oh no, it's, it's maybe the worst. It's really bad. It's maybe it's, oh. really, it's really, really bad. Morgan, oh. Morgan we're oh, we're great. we're just getting to this, and don't, but don't worry. Like once once we get a, okay, once we get out of this. We get one where it's just like dreaming of a beautiful woman who we, who you've who you rescued, uh, but like they're actually a murderer or something, and it's like ooh, <laughs> it, it's like okay, 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 cool, right? It's like season one shit, but this yeah, it's called the trophy part one. Mm. Baywatch this is wiki very serious. Uh, so hmm. first off, Vanessa Angel comes back. Oh, who's she? Vanessa Angel was in the start of this. Uh, the season she was the woman who was attacked by a guy probably trying to rape her mm-hmm. which brings me oh into God. the episode description morgan mm-hmm. which is eddie's life i don't like that lethan eddie's life is torn <laughs> apart by the accusation of statutory rape oh while mitch oh. mitch deals with the anger of a paraplegic former lifeguard Oh, no, it was there was so much angst in this, uh, not counting the the Eddie plot, the other plot. So angsty, the angstiest episode of Baywatch I've ever seen. So here's the INDP description. Again, Morgan, don't worry. After we get past this, we get to some better stuff. And we will have a guest once we get out of this, this two part. Mm -hmm. We will have a guest. But Carolyn Larkin is a new teenage girl in town from a poor working class Ohio family who wants to be accepted into a local high school clique. So she lies to the snobbish girls of the group about seducing Eddie, who she had developed a crush on. But Carolyn's domineering, overprotective father has Eddie arrested for statutory rape after learning about Carolyn's so-called score. Meanwhile, oh. Eric Turner, a former Baywatch lifeguard and Mitch's old friend who was 
the best of the team, whatever that fucking means, until he lost his job after an accident, which injured his back and confined him to a wheelchair. The paraplegic Turner also wants to reconcile his lost relationship with the Australian lifeguard Megan, who was... I thought she was English. Maybe she's English, but the lifeguards are whatever. Who he pushed away along with everyone else that tried to comfort her, comfort him over his disability. Uh, so yeah, that's um, great. Can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's not great. It's so bad, Morgan, that Sandcrab two seven seven doesn't even have a review for it. <laughs> you know, and when Sandcrab two seven seven doesn't like something, you know, it's trash. Yeah, it's true. We definitely don't have oh a lot to look forward to in that. Um, no. But there's a lot of really shitty teens in it, too. Great. I mean, <laughs> you all you had to say was teens. Am I right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all shitty. <laughs> I can say that. This is like pre-Mean Girls. Uh, this is pre-Mean Girls, but post-Heathers. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, But God. I mean, like, this is like the, maybe the inspiration Oh, girl. No, I'm kidding. But but there, but there are some real mean girls in there. Morgan, was that an oh, God, in a good way or a bad way to Heather's? Oh, I love Heather's. OK, I think thank God. Thank fucking yeah, yeah. God. Do you know yeah. that that's one of Elliot Kalin's least favorite movies? Huh. I did not know that. It's very weird. I don't get why he hates Heather's. It's fantastic. I love yeah. everything. Not everything. I'm going to take that back. Parts of that movie are problematic, but I yes. love that movie a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've watched it. I actually even auditioned to be in a stage production of it. Nice. What? It's, a, it's cool. a great one. Ted, That's did you awesome. see that there was a, a Heather's TV show? I did not. Uh, I don't know what that would be. OK, so you aren't going to love it. Uh, OK. I don't think so. It's a modern day reboot. Uh, Interesting. And yeah, of course, it's, you know, a click of people named Heather. Mm hmm. But it was originally supposed to be on TV land, <laughs> which is not <laughs> a good sign. Uh, and then it was supposed to be on the Paramount Network. But then there was a high school shooting and Paramount Network decided to delay it. And then Viacom okay. dropped it entirely due to concern following a different shooting two weeks prior. Uh, and then, but that was only in the U.S., so it was already being aired internationally. But in the U.S., they were like, there's been too many school shootings. We don't want to show Jesus. where there is, you know, a shooting <laughs> um, and such. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing pictures of this and just being like, oh, I don't I don't like this. But it is a musical. So that okay. cool. Uh, so it must be more closely based on the stage show than yeah. I would imagine. The series was met with a negative response from critics, both upon the initial release of the pilot episode, as well as the official premiere of the series. The series <laughs> holds a 29% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, an average of 5.36 out of 10 based on 21 reviews. The website's critical consensus reads, despite promising performers, Heather's aspirational angst is let down by his blunt, misguided attempts at social commentary. Uh, yeah, and a Metacritic has a 40 out of 100. Woof. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's not yeah. great. Uh, oh, oh, no. Uh, okay, wait. <laughs> Lee Monson, a birth movie's death. 
was negative, saying that she saw in the show's dynamic a longing for the good old days when non-whites and queers knew their place. Uh, uh, what? Heather's what? is a hateful, bigoted <laughs> exercise in regression, hiding behind the guise of dark comedy, and I can only hope it doesn't gain Trumpian audience it so clearly craves. Well, sounds like a show we should watch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I guess it just goes into continuing to just hate on, on gay people, which is great. weird because... There's, why would you ever have a musical that hates on gay people? Yeah, so the musical doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, but the TV show sounds like it might just be really bad. I wonder what's the worst musical TV show. That or Cop Rock? <laughs> Valerie, do you know about Cop Rock? Now, Cop Rock sounds amazing. Val, have you ever heard of Cop Rock? Is this the show where they uh, do musicals out of episodes of Cops? No, that would be better. I, why do I, I feel like I've heard of that before? Is that a thing? Uh, I th- I've seen it on YouTube. I think it is. I've heard. I think I know what you're talking about. Can you explain it? I think I heard Pop about. Pop Rock that. is a one season show where it's a musical about cops, and so uh, there's it's everybody hated it. Apparently, there's like one part <laughs> where there's like. Uh, a guy, a cop, and he's in court, and like he's having a, a a song with the judge, and then judge is like, "You are not guilty," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh yay!" And it's just like, "Oh my, who thought this was going to be a fun idea? This is horrible." Because it's like, on one hand, you're like, "Yeah, let's do it, let's do our jobs," and then your job is like, "Let's go shoot, let's go shoot innocent people." Uh, you know, and it's like, that's not, it's it's a little bit too weighty for it. It's not like I would have like a musical about anorexia, you know, <laughs> uh, that would be horrible. Just like a musical about cops is horrible. Yeah. Now a musical about Baywatch. That oh, was, man. That we could make that. We should make we that. Sh- we have so Absolutely. many lofty goals. Valerie. I know. <laughs> Valerie, would you like to be a part of either one are um are the song we're gonna make our Baywatch theme song for the show two our Baywatch musical three our Baywatch rookie school dating service or um we had another one oh yeah uh, a co-writer on our Baywatch erotic fan fiction yes do I have to pick <laughs> I'll design the t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also need that. We do also need uh, erotic yeah. merch. Uh, I pick. I'll, I can make some erotic merch. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, by, ero- <laughs> by erotic, we mean erotic to no one. Actually, it should just That's say like Stewart on it. My specialty. Just like an inside joke four people get, where it's just like, why does your shirt say Stewart? <laughs> oh, it's because I only sleep with people named Stewart. You know. Why does your hypercolor shirt say Stuart on it? <laughs> yes. It says Stuart on one side and it has the angel pug on the other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's cropped. <laughs> yes. Uh, it would say Stuart on the back to signify that you are a Stuart, but on the front mm. it has the angel pug. Yeah. Or or it says license to Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Be one of those long sleeve crop tops in hyper color. 
Oh, oh God. actually, can we make it like a three fourths like baseball tee? That'd be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would go along with my my baseball tee Baywatch shirt that I have um, that I'm wearing right now. Uh, (laughs) I would be great Then I could just be like, I have two Baywatch shirts now. And one of them. It's all about people named Stuart. We need a Stuart on this show. (laughs) Anyways, this has gone off the deep end. It sure has. Yeah, I think uh, I think the level of loopy we've reached is a good indication that we should wrap this thing up. And uh, yeah, I guess first off, I want to say thanks, Val, for for coming back on. Great to have you for a episode episode instead of a fashion episode. Not that that wasn't delightful, but (laughs) no, I'm always happy to be on the show. It's it's a blast. And and I do truly love Baywatch. Same. I don't yep. know about Morgan, but I truly love this show. <laughs> I have my he moments. He loves to hate it. <laughs> Look, it's, yes. all, it's all right to hate the show, and I do many times, but I also still love this show. Yeah, I can I can understand it. I love it. I love it more now than I would have assumed I would have when we started this podcast. Let me put it that way. Well, that's that's basically literally any show. <laughs> It's just like a comforting blanket. Yeah, it's like a blanket that also shouts like racist shit at you. It's like you're wearing this blanket and it's just like, have I told you about the Latinos yet? And you're like, whoa, blanket, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. No, we'd love to have you on anytime. Um, Do you have anything anything you want to plug before we wrap this all up? I have had so much anxiety, like thinking about my answer to this question. Oh no! The oh, hours because no. I, I knew that. it was coming. Don't have anxiety. I don't want that. <gasps> Man, <laughs> can I just like? Can I just plug Arby's? <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. So I, Morgan, I have never had Arby's, and it's true. Uh, our plan was to next week have Arby's and then watch the movie <gasps> Mac and Me, which is the mm-hmm. McDonald's wait, movie. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, wait. Just because it would be funny. Can I? Do you want to join Can us for I this? Do it sure. too? Yeah, you, absolutely. You know how I feel about Arby's. You know what I recently found out? You got to order. You can order a side of the melted cheese that they put in their roast beef sandwiches to dip your curly fries in. And game changing. I can't. Well, Valerie, you should you should join us for Mac and Me. Yes, we'll watch. Absolutely. We'll, we will watch Mac and Me and eat Arby's together. And we will Hell laugh yeah. at this McDonald's movie. Hell this yeah. actually sounds like the highlight of my month. I'm <laughs> we should do it. We should do it. Let's yeah. do it. I would. I would be happy to host folks at my new place. So, oh, let's awesome! Do it. Nice. Hell yeah! yeah. You, you're a great host. Seriously, one of the Thank best you. hosts ever Thank you. I, that I've ever encountered. I appreciate that. Really delivers in the snack and beverage department. Like it's, <laughs> it's quite incredible. The secret is that I just buy all the things I want to eat, but then by sharing them, I don't just eat all of them myself. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I think the other secret cool. is that you've figured out by now why people people pre-pandemic don't know this, but mm-hmm. you've discovered the perfect alcohol, uh, which is uh, alcoholic smoothies. Yes, they're deadly and also so good oh i could go oh, yeah. for like six of those but i'd also probably die after number three i know they're so heavy but they're so good oh, they're so good 
Um, but yeah, anyway, um, as much as I love smoothie beers, which is quite a bit, um, I also don't love this episode. And so I love uh, that we're getting a chance. I mean, I love this episode of the podcast, just not this episode of Baywatch. Um, Backtrack. And <laughs> what I what I also love is all of you wonderful listeners who have continued listening to not just this episode of Baywatch Rookie School, but all of Baywatch Rookie School. And if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T, S-N-I-T. And we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And Stuart. Stuart. <laughs>